I'm your host Ed Fortune, and I'm here with I'm Ross, and I'm Mikey. Blimey! Hello. Hello. Hiya. <laughs> uh, so uh, we are still trapped in our space, as you probably know. But first, a jingle. This, this is Fabrician International. That was lovely. That was, that lovely was a jingle. lovely jingle. That was. So on today's show, we have books, uh, and surprisingly, um, uh, we're going to talk about. 100 Best Video Games That Never Existed by Nate Crowley. Um, so let's get... Shall we get straight into it? We can do it. Why not? Let's, let's, let's talk so about books. This book comes obviously from a space where... And it's parodied at the very start with a little intro where he's talking about sitting in a cafe and then someone goes, Oh, uh, but Nate, do you know video games? And he's like, Yes, but you know, I'm not a massive addict to video games. And... One of the things you get, and we get a lot of these these days, is you get 100 best video games, or you know, 100 best adventure games, and you get these massive kind of Christmas stocking books. And one of the points that Nate makes in a very silly parody way very early on, um, is that most of the people who are writing these books haven't a clue what they're talking about, um, and they'll, they'll research to a certain point, but. No one's really played thousands, like some people have played thousands and thousands of video games, but most people haven't. Yeah. And most people have stuck to one or two formats. You don't own every single console. Some people do, mm -hmm. but if you do own every single console, you don't play thousands of video games. If you're a professional video game reviewer, you still don't play thousands of video games. You play enough so you get paid. That's like, it's not. But, but you're revealing the secrets there of this reviewing lark. You play it on easy until um, until you get an idea about the game, and then you stop. It just and, yeah. and then you write about yeah, it. Exactly. That, that's how it works. Mm. So there's a, there's a lot of books out there that are like very kind of like, oh yes, this is this is the definitive product. Some of them are written by multiple people, mm. but the problem with that, of course, is that then you don't have one singular voice. It doesn't feel like an authority and all the rest mm -hmm. of it. So the idea of this this bible of perfect 80s games or perfect 70s games or whatever doesn't exist mm. because it really can't be done that way and even if it was done that way you disagree with it anyway because opinions are subjective yeah. well yeah it's was, it was never going to be the, the, exactly the 100 best it's you know the 100 best it, yeah best is a really really bad metric so so <laughs> Nick Crowley who's a complete maniac um, has decided to, to go for the entirely opposite mm -hmm. thing and just make it all up anyway if he's going to make it up which he would do anyway if he was doing yeah, regular yeah. games. You might as well make up the games themselves. And sometimes mm. the console formats definitely the companies um, definitely the entire <laughs> concept of games. <laughs> Nate Crowley, of course, is best known for torturing one of his friends via Twitter. Um, seriously, a friend of his complained that no one was celebrating his birthday. Right. So he then over seven hundred odd tweets and several months. Um, created this apocalyptic s scenario where his friend or oh, every day was his birthday and it was like a post-apocalyptic world <laughs> where he ruled and there were sad clowns uh, and other horrible horrible things if you check out Frog Crookly on Twitter it's still there because it's Twitter um, we, we have bunnies and other creatures somewhere in this building ignore the rabbit that's fine um, so where are we? Yes. Okay. So he he basically you know he became famous for essentially torturing his friend um, Daniel Barker's birthday dystopian space opera in seven hundred installments. Uh, <laughs> friend, 
friend of the show, uh, Paul Foxcroft, was act- they did actually do a birthday event, right, uh, to finish it all off. And uh, friend of the show, Paul Foxcroft, I believe, was one of the leaders of the rebellion, or possibly not, because it's Fox. <laughs> um, so let's talk about some of the games. Um, we we open. So are we, are we spoiling? Where we start? It, it starts at number one. It finishes at number hundred. I think they've got this the wrong way around. Oh, Calm down. Don't don't give away too many of the secrets. Well, no, no. I just want to say if we. I'm just saying before because you turn to page number one. If we reveal what came first, you know, what was is that the best game or is that just? Well, it's in. It's, it's not a countdown. It's in periods of. Like, oh. mm-hmm. All right. Okay. It's chronological rather than in order of bestness. So, the f- which be fair for you know, because none existed. Mm-hmm. So the first game is from Eggvision, which we all know. You know oh yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Eggvision Egg Egg mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it's called Look. Are you coming in or not? Which is a sustained life support, uh, support, support the elite space station where a cat constantly wants to go through closed doors. Um, <laughs> uh, you've got a lovely little masked I, space station. I saw the Ridley Scott movie of this. It's, it's, mm. it's, it's very good. <laughs> there is actually, I think we've mentioned this before on the show, mm. um, I caught up with the author of it, but there is actually a version of Alien as written from the cat's perspective. <laughs> uh, and she's currently working on uh, a whole bunch of stuff, which is from... Uh, other animals' perspectives. So, um, so we were going to talk about that, which looks like oh, that's a game I would definitely play. He also, the, we turn the page, and there's a game called Cabbage. Oh, which is about screaming red cabbage that uh, chases you across an asymmetric board. The interesting thing about Cabbage, though. And remember, this game never existed. Yeah. Is that they uh, had a screaming red cabbage that gave out real life human screams and was so harrowing that they pulled it from print. Unfortunately, they didn't pull all of them from print. So ten percent of all games published, all oh, right, yeah, had had uh, red evil monster monster cabbages in them. And everyone in playgrounds were convinced that some kids were lying, which caused riots. Uh, this is like oh, there's there's one of those stories which goes around about a book where it says I'm going to release a book which and when I'm the book's going to be you know, perfectly almost complete and then I'm going to write ten alternative chapters as the final chapter to it and oh, I release them in, all into the wild <laughs> and, what, and then I'm going to re, you know then I'm going to fess up to it and pretend and say yes you've spotted quite you know, there are multiple endings there are eleven of them and just watch <laughs> what, and just watch what happens as people try and collect the set. Well, remember the movie Clue when the movie Clue first came out. They did different endings, mm-hmm. and they didn't. Actu- yeah. they didn't actually do all because when we see it, you see all the endings in one theatrical release. But actually, in the movie Clue, um, it depended on what cinema you went to, or even what time, or what the projectionist fancied. Mm. So different people still to this day are convinced that Clue ends in an entirely different way. They did it with a movie called Cats and Dogs, I think, as well. I was very disappointed with cats and dogs though, mm. because it's not really. It's as if you're a cat person or a dog person. They're really only focused on the dogs. It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah. really, cats are evil. I know, but mm. that, 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 let's go away from that. Two endings where what either side wins, though. In case you thought, okay, I'm a cat person. I realise they've been the villain. They've been the villain before, but I really want them to win and get. To, uh, you get to watch that ending instead. Mm-hmm. And then there's Wayne's World. So one of the games here is called Captured by the Sex Orc, which is an '80s game for the Atari 400 to 800. Um, uh, developers today revere about the potential of interactive storytelling. Um, this is about an orc who has an embarrassing name, um, mm-hmm. and once he um, captures a young lady, uh, badly painted orc carrying a half naked woman surrounded by bare chested barbarians, all all drenched with oil and with abs like tubworms wrapped in Parma ham. Um, and then once he he gets his lady uh, into into his uh, bedroom. 
breaks down, admits that he's terrified of intimacy, and it's actually a game where you have to, you know, sort out his life and his mind. And, oh, you know, his that doesn't seem weird for an 80s game, though. That it seems perfectly normal. It seems, yeah, it seems, it's going to be badly pixelated, but it sounds like a game which, you know, has a lot of interesting potential. Noah's Ruffman, you're down to the last battle of meat for the tigers, and one of the unicorns is looking really ill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that, that's, that's, that's the idea of games, you know, interesting well, that, uh, choices. That explains, that explains a lot. Uh, oh, right. Uh, here we go, the clown game. The, cl- uh, the clown game. Clowns! It's, it's, a, it's a towering game which doesn't actually accept money, it accepts live warm blood um, to, to play small snippets of of horrifying clown adventures. Yeah, a mysterious side scroller where the burger loving jester charges through the blasted landscape at horrifying speed. Oh, oh what yes. Is a, what is a blasted landscape? Does it just mean you know, there's been lots of gunfire there? Uh, it's like it's like Bisland, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, why is it called Blastland? Is it because there were lots of explosions? Is it no? Yes. This, this used to have to be a minefield. That being being a Yorkshire, Do blasted landscape means something different in in, in Yorkshire. It's, <laughs> it's, it just means trees and stuff. Fair enough. I think, I think they mean devastated. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's what I said. Um, but or, or as you say, Yorkshire. Yeah. Um, God's country. <laughs> One of many. I think that's a deliberate shout out to an actual game, and I can't remember the name of it because there was a video game. That has legendary status. I can't for the life of me recall. It's like it's like an evil eighties video game. I, I don't know. I mean, something that goes at hor- horrific speed with kind of jester points off its head. It, it, it seems a Sonicy type game to me. Uh, it's a bit harsh and poor Sonic. I'm very fond of head, uh, of hedgehogs. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, there was a, a scene to recall because the Simpsons do a version of it as well as a kind of parody. Um, what, the clowns? Yeah. Worm salesman. Are you trying to sell worms or is a worm. No, it's not how to sell things. <laughs> I actually know the game this is based on. Okay. It was ba- it's an ice cream salesman game and um, it was very addictive. Um, entirely, I mean, I spent hours just trying to sell ice creams to people in South End. Polybius. Polybius was the 1981 game that yeah. caused seizures. Yes. And it's possibly almost certainly absolute nonsense. But I, I like the idea that an evil haunted clown comes for you instead. Uh, yeah. it, sounds, it sounds more impressive. Mm-hmm. Worm <coughs> Salesman, I would definitely play. I mean, I mean, this is obviously the first ever World Worm Salesman game as opposed right. to the online Worm Salesman. Uh, yeah. Well, no, no, it says it's Worm Salesman yeah. 84. Yeah. No, it, like, it hid that between the, the pages. It, but it's not the 84th one, it's 1984. No, no, they weren't that popular. That I realised, <laughs> but it doesn't specify, you know, World Worm Salesman 1. Yeah. Well, they That's went on point. to do. Not played the other eighty-four <coughs> Yeah, they they went on to do an online version, World of World Salesman, um, <laughs> which was which was very good, very addictive still, and is really the only Worm Salesman um, RPG mm. on there that anybody ever plays anymore. Is this a precursor to Worms, the game? Though, yeah. no, it's a set in the same universe. Stop making games up. <laughs> <laughs> That's nonsense. They do. Um, there's, there are inserts between the sections, so we, we are. You know, working on this serious business games, which may be more made-up games that they didn't have room to devote an entire two-page spread yes. to. I like the idea of FTSE 100 Boy 
Um, this ultra, the ultra detailed side scrolling beat em up simulated fights between the CEOs of the companies within the top 100 largest market capitalizations on the London Stock Market <laughs> Exchange at the time of release. An online play function linking power ups to share values was mooted but never implemented. I, I don't know. That's nice, from 92. I don't know whether these, these seem quite reasonable games to me. Yeah, well, no, no. They're, they're not made up, they just didn't get released. <laughs> this, is, this is the problem with the whole thing. Is there are graphics of them. I don't know whether how much of these are you know, made up for the purposes oh, of this he, book. Right, in, in real, the real world, uh, he actually got a lot of video game artists to create stuff. And it's, a good, oh, right. it's a glorious display of video game artists <clears> doing <throat> stuff. I like the, the idea of, uh, of work kitchen anecdote bastard. Because I have been in that situation yes. where you're desperately trying to edge out the door. <coughs> yeah, I didn't get a chance to pause that. Sorry. <laughs> <coughs> um... Judge Stred's Windy Day. <laughs> okay, that, that deserves more good attention from the entire group. Um, it is recognised the Judge Stred from the graphics. They've definitely got someone who knows how to draw a Judge Stred for this bit. they have, yeah. Well, oh. I'm probably pixelating, but... The book is Solaris as well. Yeah. Uh, published on Solaris who are part of Rebellion. So mm-hmm. yes, they, they in fact have the Judge Stred licence. I, I should make this clear that this isn't Judge Stred's Windy Day as if it's... Oh, it's very windy outside. Judge Stred is having a severe amount of trouble gast- gastronomically, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> the game's combination of dystopian pl- uh, policing and farting in halls was, was a digital chrysopeia. Um, was there a t- hang on because now we're getting into the realm of tie-in was there a tie-in comic to go with this game that you, would, came you, you would hope no, so I, I was I there imagine. a novelisation of the game <laughs> uh, I, I think we should ask Alan Wagner to do will there be okay is there a petition for the you know, for the next Carl Urban venture in the Judge Dredd universe to be based on this game right when Carl Urban farts all the way through the movie could, could we just put a track over the top of it and just add fart noises? We could just do a version of Dread. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Uh, or even better, the, the Sylvester Sloan version. And just make fart noises. In fact, let's do that after, after the break. Yeah. Um, so, Wrestle Chess. Uh, like the Monster Chess game from Star Wars, but all the pieces are classic 1980s wrestlers who beat the piss out of each other. Have a look. There we go. Oh, and they are. Oh, classic. Yeah, mm. definitely. Um, so uh, I. Okay, I got completely wrong idea because I was on the other side of the table when that page got flipped over. I thought this was Asterix, but. No, no, no. no there, there's there's Macho Man Randy Savage, quite clearly. Mm. Um, and there's another wrestler who looks identical to him. And yeah, the problem. Yeah. another wrestler. Okay, it's a 6x6 six six chessboard, so he's not really chess, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, no. Well, no, I was just thinking because if it was real chess, you'd have eight pawns and they'd all look the same. But. Mm hmm. This this guy's quite obviously a knight or something like that. He's he's a big fella. He's mm. going to do well. And uh, everybody here has spiky Ryu hair, which is you know is, something they did in the nineties. You see, when you say it to me, eighties, I assumed it was just Big Daddy and Chums. Um, him and him and Giant Haystacks are the only wrestlers from the eighties I can do from 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 the UK. I've got to admit. Sea Puncher, which is a platform side scroller where about a man punching the sea. <laughs> King Canute, the yeah. modern day era, basically. Um, we, I don't think he ever tried that. <laughs> you know, he just tried ordering it back. Yeah. Punch it, that'll work. Uh-huh. No, don't, never go to violence. Always reason. Order it back. Mm-hmm. Off he got. Oh, oh <laughs> I, I would. This is Star Trek Beyond the Bridge, which um, is B double E. Yeah, Bzz. which is a next generation uh, title and. Uh, we can see here we've got John Luke Picard and Captain Riker both in stripy yellow uniforms 
So, special oh, B uniforms. Yeah, special B uniforms. I d- this is probably quite oh. quite late on in the uh, in the episode where they all decide to look like bees to try and convince the bee not to, I don't know, uh, annoy uh, uh, Worf because I imagine Worf is the one who's going to be particularly annoyed by bees. Um, they he, did that though. They had because you know, such an next generation had a Game Boy game. It, so yeah, it's it, it's actually a really clever parody of the, those awful full motion graphic videos, 80s to 90, early 90s games, mm. um, where you have like you know actors not normally. Is it Minnesota it's going hi uh, and they're looking really wooden, mm. and then you have to like fast forward a bit. <laughs> uh, hi, yeah, Star Trek game. Mm. Where it's not really anything to do with the actual uh, actual TV show. They're doing something completely irrelevant. But the, uh, the spin-offs as well. Oh, all right, excellent. So are these, <laughs> hang on, this right. So I've, I have played a number of stuff against. Are any of these? No, they're not. None of these are real. I think they might be. <laughs> I can imagine that happening. Star Trek. Whose turn is it to take out the bins? <laughs> That's not the one that's going to make giggling, but that's not spoiler. Yes, that's not spoiler. You know, if you're on that page, you can look at the rest of the page. You can see what's got Ed giggling and Mikey. There's a. I have an important question actually at this point. Okay, you haven't even got out of the eighties, by the way. I know, no, but right, okay. Supposing, Sorry, supposing that having read this book, somebody you know at a hackathon or whatever it is produces one of these games based on it. Does the book disappear into a black hole of paradox? I fully expect this to be inspired several games jams. Okay. I would be mm-hmm. stunned if it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know what games jam jam is, it's where a bunch of people who can create video games or board games get together and make games. Um, and they normally have like it's normally like thirty six hours or seventy two hours. There's an arbitrary length of time. Yeah, you can, um, you can look up plenty of them online. There's Ludum Dare. There's a whole bunch where but uh, which Ludum Dare's every three months. But there's generally one going on virtually most weekends. I think somewhere in the world there are there are online schedules for this sort of thing. So you can find out. Yes, at a weekend mm-hmm. you can spend twenty four forty eight hours whatever it is making a game. Uh, Ludum Dare works on the condition of whatever the result is in the end. Publish it. Let everybody else play it. But the IP is yours, you can do what you like with it. Mm-hmm. I found the 90s. You found the 90s? I found the 90s. We're into 16-bit territory. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, we... <laughs> oh, hang on, hang on. So, so the, we've got, yeah, we've got, cover, we've oh. got made up covers with the words like Sega Mega Drive. It's on. the Mega Drive. Yeah. It, it looks like it could be Altered Beast, but it's not. It's, it's in fact... Beast Enders. Bum, 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 bum. Bill Mitchell pounds bio, alien bioweapons whilst looking like an angry thumb. <laughs> we were also just saying, we, if the, they produced Beauty and the Beastenders, I'd watch it. But I'd, oh, I would watch Beauty and the Beastenders. Yeah. I'd watch Beauty and Altered Beast as well, where he's like an 8 bit eight bit pixel, and yeah. there's lots of women who want to marry him, despite the fact that it's entirely <laughs> fictional, uh, and, you know, turns into a ravening, also fictional monster. So is Hank McCoy in this? No, it's a wrong beast. Oh, okay. It's Phil Mitchell yeah. rather, rather than the X Men. Though. though Eastenders X Men crossover. They've done Doctor Who. No, because... no, they haven't. Okay, that's true. They haven't. <laughs> they, they definitely haven't. That, that doesn't exist. You, I mean, you'd have to. The Sixth Doctor has met the Brigadier in other contexts. It's fine. In, 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 Stop in, it. <laughs> I, I'm sure in all of the dimensions for all of time, 
Everything happened somewhere. Everything's happened. And in all those dimensions in time, there's probably an East Enders Doctor Who crossover. But not in this reality. <laughs> we're, we're not there. We are, we are. No, please please don't. <laughs> Hold up. No, no. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awful? Especially if, they, if, especially if they had, like, I don't know, Noel Edmonds involved as well. Or something yeah. really horrible. That'd be terrible. I'm sure it'd be for a good cause, though, whatever it was. Oh, it'd be like they do it for children need because they always do. That's yeah, the excuse yeah. to do, you know. Exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's not a horrifying in, thought. Let's, let's go. No, not let's in go this reality. Let's go back to the, 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 safe the other fictional things. Uh, actually, before we go there, the depressing point is is that given the way that Doctor Who and the cycle it's on, hmm. we're probably due for another children need low budget crossover because we've already had the kind of with the fiftieth anniversary, we've had a high point. Yeah, uh, which is like the fifth Doctor's was, the five Doctor's was. We've had like a massive high point, and it's been amazing. And everyone's been, yeah. So we've got we're a couple of years away from something utterly terrible. I, I don't think it's ready to be parodied quite yet, like, like it did in Curse of Curse of the Fatal, Fatal Death. But um, how would you parody Doctor Who? It does it well enough itself. Yeah, to be honest, it's, it's, a, bit, it's <laughs> at, a little bit on the self reference at the moment. Right? It's a little bit too trendy. But it's an interesting point because we are sort of in a post parody, post truth place in the world and yet this still is amazingly funny yes uh, this, this it's it's arguably, so this now referring back to the book yeah yes. it's, it's, arguably, <laughs> it's arguably a post-truth video game review book cockney games oh god oh yeah yeah <laughs> grand's turismo <laughs> war in fucking heaven <laughs> ray winston's bruiser safari <laughs> Ed has now <laughs> nearly dripped his tail. I, I almost sprayed tea there. Uh, Charles and Dave presents Space S- Sausages. <laughs> I can see that. I can see it also opening to like 8 bit blinky blinky music as well. Oh, right. This is definitely, you know, in the series related to Snakes on a Plane, this is a prequel called Pig Falling Out of a Biplane, Music Video Maker. <laughs> That's very specific. <laughs> It's just it, it's a it's a sound you can't re- replace anyway. If you're ever doing anything in the sound industry, you have to just go there and push a pig out of the biplane. You can't you can't replicate it anyway. Other way, you can't take any of the words out of that title without changing it. No, pig falling out of a biplane. <laughs> music video maker. <laughs> well, it's falling out of a biplane. Music video maker was slightly more tragic. Or pig, yeah. pig falling out of a music video maker would be definitely something else. Oh my god, That'd it's because like of infinite sausages. Surely. <laughs> Uh, nothing says sad. Sorry, nothing s- says funky and fresh less than a ghostly sepia footage of pigs falling out of the biplane <laughs> to their deaths. Oh God! <laughs> turn the page. Yeah. No, no, God, turn the page. No, keep going. <laughs> Behind the bins of Blink Burnley Co-op Warriors. <laughs> I've played the lot version of that. Um, okay, that's right. That's not a tie-in. That's that's a humming. Phone? It's a, yes, it's a. It, that's one of those that sounds the same as the. What it, yeah. You're a homophone. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, FM gym. No, not that one. Not that one. <laughs> it's it takes place in an actual gymnasium. G- gym well, a virtual gymnasium. Gym as in uh, G Y M. Yeah. It, it in fact takes place in Wrigley Bruce's muscle bone. Indeed. As it says on the uh, on the full cover picture. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Again, I would play it. I think I would play every one of these games. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, maybe not that one. <laughs> ah, well, petty feet, pe- petty feet, clutching a whisper bar. 
Oh, it's it's, it's uh, 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 th- this is obviously not the first Petty Thief. It's the uh, it's it's a follow up one because the first one was a top down game where you'd run around uh, uh, stealing things from a Woolworths or something like that. But this is a first well, person. This is a first person. This has been illustrated with this in a sort of Wolfenstein three D fashion. Yeah, with, exactly. With, or, with or a banging soundtrack on the top down one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they did the sixties version first. Yes, I, I I seem to remember they did. Um, and then, and this is this is the the later versions, which is, uh, as I say, a first person where uh, in the picture he's um, snaffling a, a whisper. It yeah. looks like he's already got one as well, so he's doing very well for himself. Um, so uh, it's uh, yeah, it's just wonderful. <laughs> Regency ogre duels <laughs> has to occur. <clears throat> this is, I mean. Okay. okay, we're now we're starting to listen. Oh, we're in the we're in the twenty first century now. <laughs> so into two thousand to two thousand and five, we are essentially not so much doing a book review as in flip through various books and, and laughing about and, it. and giggling. Yeah. Dance, dance, industrial revolution. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what you think it is. Um, I would I would play dance, dance, and industrial revolution, which is also why I'm a fan of the board game Brass, which is essentially the same thing about mm. the dancing. Mm. Um, Lizard designer pro. Uh, moving on, <laughs> doesn't doesn't even do proper lizards. There's not enough girls. They're, they're just they're just fancy frogs. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Now that one's going to depend on which country you're from as to wh- which way that you take that title. I think it's about a bushido who's drunk. Okay. Yes. The, t- the title bushido. is pissed bushido. It's not angry. It's drunk. I okay. think actually that was a translation problem that caused them to get, get them, create the wrong game. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, but the, uh, the the point of this is that if you didn't know these games weren't real, well, you'd probably guess eventually with, with things like Piss Bushido, but it's any one page can That's be... That's a Harry Potter type. Any no, one page adventures. can be exactly yeah. that. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We've turned the page to Monopoly Aftermath, which is about a post-apocalyptic world, um, which is celebrity, various celebrities doing the voices um, as, as people... Uh, uh, epic, epic, epic first-person shooter set in the fragile hope of a post-apocalyptic world, where, where the top hat, iron, and race car, and others must find a new purpose. And it's uh, an Xbox yeah, exclusive. Um, it's so uh, you know it's one of these ones probably at the start. Where are we? Two thousand and two. Yeah, I, I can see them really selling Xboxes with this. Um, it's all fun and games until the money runs out. In, in fairness, I often feel when playing Monopoly that the world ending would be a better choice. <laughs> so, yeah. although there probably was an actual game of Monopoly for the Xbox, it's, it's the kind of thing which has been released on that many platforms. It's got to be an Xbox version. Yes, there is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's, there's an Xbox this, version. Um, this is going to be an improvement. Exactly. Well, Mark Hamill does the voice of the boot in this one, so. Uh, <laughs> So that's, uh, that's that's much better than the original version. <laughs> the thing is, is that I can actually imagine Hasbro getting around to doing this at some point because it's a sort of nonsense that Hasbro does do. Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, I'm surprised there's not a D and D Monopoly crossover. You've God, God, there's, no. there's something they haven't touched. No, don't. But Hasbro own D and D. Mm-hmm. Yes, again, but Monopoly haven't touched. There's a there's an IP that Monopoly haven't touched. <laughs> they actually, as a joke, did the uh, My Little Pony role playing game on the This Is the Coast website. Uh, this is before Friendship Is Magic came out. Mm. 
Yeah. Mm. But when Hasbro owned the rights to bought the rights to D and D, Wizard of Coast thought it'd be hilarious to say, Oh yeah, we're doing a, a my little point. It had a really cute looking beholder. And it's very kind of had hearts and flowers. Oh balls. Mm. And then yeah, there, there is now My Little Pony Volting, but it's not produced by Hasbro. Um, it's by River Horse. It's been years since anybody collected money for Passing Go, and yet the warlords who rule the Citadel of Community Chest still hold daily beauty contests. <laughs> <laughs> this is by far an improvement. <laughs> I think this is perhaps the only Monopoly version I would play. Mm. Uh, I think we have to randomly introduce, because not only do we have a Hartley wandering around, but we also appear to have a Jax the Cat. Hello, Jax. I don't know how he gets in here. Well, obviously, he's gone through the, 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 the library through the section marked C mm-hmm. for Cat, or possibly the section marked, you know, food. Um, that seems seems perfectly. Oh, this is normal. the problem with Elspeth. You can you, you can't. That's not, not like a cat can really decide. Do you want to be in or out? Because it's all in. It's all out. Uh, books can be in or out, and often I find myself trying to decide whether I want to read a book or not. Maybe that indecision causes cats. To I, I was a little worried we were going into the okey cokey there, so I'm very glad we moved away from it. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> in out, in out. Are you saying that the hokey cokey summons cats? I don't know. We could probably try that after we've done the uh, the farting Judge Dread uh, thing later. Put your right foot in, your left foot out. Uh, <laughs> might might be a way of getting out of space. Uh, I don't understand actually why that's what it's all about. How that explains everything. I feel like if I did understand how it explained everything, it would explain everything. Uh, the par- paradox itself just causes me to anyway. Boobs. Um, <laughs> so, a normal life is a video game about a man who has a bunch of boxes in his shed. It is the sim, K- Kevin Bread. That's his name. Kevin Bread. <laughs> <laughs> so we're taking we're, page. We're now embracing the power of puns. Are we sure these? Uh, right, hang on, hang on. Can we just clear this up? All these games that have just been made up for the purpose of this Ross, book, I, I all like of these got historical. I'd like you to read out the name of the game that you've just turned the page to. The game's called Moulin Luge. So that would be a game that has Moulin Rouge dancers on a luge. It's a racy winter sports sim. Are you and McGregor and Nicole Kidman involved in this project at all? It's basically cool runnings, but with you and McGregor and Nicole Kidman, really. Hmm. Um... I would watch that movie. Some of these do read like movie pictures rather yeah. than video game pictures. Mm. Um, and a remake of what is essentially Cool Runnings, but with, you know, burlesque. Dances. Okay, yeah, this is sort of summed up my thought. Yeah, it is here they learn that frilly skirts and feather bows are a terrible, terrible idea to wear during high speed debugging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, more sports games. There we are. Oh, they had lots more ideas for this bit. <laughs> Bullseye, Olympics, Olympus. Sorry, Millennial Olympics. Oh God! Um, bit of sports collection coded by self-regarding tabloid-reading bastards. Players get medals for losing, and the gaming is sneering at you for not keeping the economy going if you refuse to bankrupt yourself with microtransactions. <laughs> Produced by Old Rich White Man Games in 2016. Have we still not gotten out of the nineties? We have. No, no, yeah, we're in 2000. Yeah, we're in the 21st century. These are oh. modern games. Um, I like the idea of Gorillionaire, yeah. the plot of which is that um, 
if she's got a cursed penny and if she's never not in debt she turns into an entrepreneurial gorilla who likes to spend money so she's sort of like a werewolf um, oh not really Every Little Helps which I believe is about the Tesco Wars yeah, yeah. Uh, of Fighting is a reference to something else that Brock Hawkley did uh, about a guy called a guy who gets trapped in a World of Warcraft style video game so really that's kind of very self referential uh, obviously a take on me aha simulator <laughs> I can't help but notice that we're just going through page to page now. we are now but, <laughs> but that, that, that's oh, no, hang on, is... we, we found the section on film and ti- TV tie-ins part one and I quite like the one with middle-aged mutant ninja turtles <laughs> Snape <laughs> Podophene remake of the classic snake phone game. Oh, God. Alan Rickman trudges around a dungeon bollocking students. <laughs> the more magic oh. items he conf- confiscates, the longer his robes get. <laughs> you must <laughs> not, try not to trip on them. We've got the Jurassic Park accountant. However, that gets really, that's really dark to us. Yeah, I'm not going yeah. to. <laughs> Oh dear. So it, it really shows how compelling the book is, seems yeah. we're, we're slowly going through it now. Are we going to stop at Thomas the Oh Warren? God! <laughs> <laughs> which, That's awesome! Which is a Warhammer 40k grimdark. Yes. Um, which, in fairness, Thomas Tank Engine kind of is anyway. It's, it's... No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sodar is pretty grim, but it's not it like is. the grim darkness of Sodar that was already trained. Yes, you have these living trains, and you know they can be, you know, won't be, they're, they're going to become scrapped at any time, and you know they're still living. Just looking they're living, the, thinking trains, though. They, yeah. they, they, they have have emotions, they have feelings, they have lives. Ed, they have they lives. Can, they do, but there's not like you know the fat controller is not the god emperor sitting on the go. He boards one up in a tunnel because it's cheeky to him. That, uh, what I always worried, uh, wondered about Thomas the Tank Engineers. You don't know, like. Their personalities are their like metal faces, mm. and they're made of metal. And you can like take bits off them and add bits to them. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that you could just take the front bit off, and they would still be able to talk and be sentient and put them somewhere else? Like yeah, a, like a body swap train, or you could put it on a clock tower or something like that. Or yeah, just well, this really... is the thing because <clears throat> you because they have accidents in the show you know, where trucks get demolished or something and they're, they've still got a face plate you know, on this bit of wood that used to be attached to a truck and it's still you know the character this is horrific yeah so I mean it's a sort of you, know, you sort of take this face and you plug it onto presumably an engine and there you go so it's <laughs> demonically d- demonically possessed trains possibly I mean Sildar is definitely a biblical reference never mm-hmm. saw man so is this and it's like is it not just a place that doesn't exist uh, a bit of man's folly or something along those lines hmm. it, it's definitely a it's a line hmm. um, so yeah if, if you yourself have an opinion on the, the implications of Paul's engine <laughs> and uh, its reference to the bible please <laughs> please please keep them to yourself <laughs> <laughs> however you can contact the show uh, at at Radio Bookworm where you can find us on Facebook and you can also um, contact me at ed.fortune at starburstmagazine.com please label your messages definitely not about Thomas and Tank Engine um, <laughs> have we had a letter from Mrs Trellis yet about this? we have not had a letter from Mrs Trellis I have had I, I get some very interesting emails about this show 
But um, <laughs> yes, I noticed. That it, I've noticed that in you know this is what season three. You've kept them all to yourself. All these are they all that violent? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 we do occasionally mention that. We occasionally mention that, as, but it's never. It's never anything. No one ever writes anything saying, "Hi, I'd like to." You know, we would read out stuff where people mm. want to contribute opinions, but we're not like the Southwest podcast where we're live. Yeah, and people dial in. And even when we were live, we never really got that much in the way of kind of. I mean, you we say we're not live. Oh, well, I'm definitely not live. Okay. Uh, no, no, I'm checking. No, not live. <laughs> I, I'm animated by Weasels. Um, talking of Weasels, Weasel Easel is, is, is number thing, 65. This is a product from a citation needed episode. It really is. It is. Because that definitely is Vin Diesel wearing a, um, a rather fetching beret uh, next to an easel uh, painting of a. I mean, the, the picture can't lie. It, it, it's got to be. But I think. Cameron never lies. Neither does Photoshop. No, Photoshop never lies. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, they're on level 11. They're doing very well. Hmm. Spice World Legacy. Which would do better as a board game. As you, <laughs> you, know, you play it multiple times and you you know, deface the box as you go. <laughs> Scouse Dracula. <laughs> About whether Dracula, um, if he didn't turn up at Whitby, if he turned up at the uh, Liverpool docks instead, that'd be... Apparently, it's one of the, the classic um, genres of movies, the Scouse Dracula, mm. with um, what is it? The the Maisie the Maisie ran red uh, about to hit the West End. BMX um, <laughs> Crusaders. I play the heck out of that game. Yeah. Hungry, hungry hippos. Crisis. <laughs> it's actually a kaiju simulation game with giant hippos rampage across London. Um, Oh God, um, we've got to the crystal maze, and I don't even know if we can actually explain it. Let's not. Let's leave something to the imagination. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. So each um, each page has a, a separate um, uh, game on it. So the book is is, is quite substantial. Um, it's. Uh, and I mean, we've touched. And we're only we're only really just going through the the, the bits that we spot that, that are funny rather than everything else. It is just a we've gone massive. Through, like, a percent. We've yeah. gone through a good kind of flips worth of that book, yeah, without spoiling a fraction of the gags. And this is the point we want to really make: is that we've not spoiled a fraction of the jokes here at mm. all. Yeah, um, yeah, we've just picked the things we started us giggling, but there's plenty more we've not even flicked through. Yeah, either. I mean, Nick Harley's a genius. Uh, he's a demented comic genius. Mm. Um, and he's taken a kind of naked gun style approach, where <laughs> there's Oh, Sorry, there's carry on. so many gags and it's it's plastered like wall to wall stupidity all the way through um, okay as a review is it worth it yes is it funny yes should you buy it yes should you buy it for your friends yes is this in fact going to be the book where you go oh shit it's November and I need to buy people Christmas presents uh, and you have several friends uh, and family who are into video games because it's mainstream media and you just need to spend money. Yes, it's perfect, in fact, um, because it will make people chuckle. I can almost guarantee that you'll walk in the Waterstones and you'll find a copy of a dog-eared copy of this book, mm -hmm. uh, and then stacks and stacks of not-so-dog-eared copies. Mm. 
Yeah, because everybody will want to pick it up, have mm. five minutes on their lunch, have a bit of a giggle, and put it back down again. But you really, you really should take it to the counter. That's amazing. I have just realised something about the title, which is that it's missing the word the at the beginning. So it's not the one hundred best videos. It's just one hundred best videos. So there's no reason they couldn't produce a second volume and just say, yeah, okay, these are another hundred. Like many of Nick Rollins' products, this one also started uh, as a thing on Twitter. He did a, a charity run, um, I believe, for 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 an amphibians and reptiles charity. Because he is Rob Crookley, after all. Um, but yes, um, raising money for uh, Zool- Zoological Society of London, which is the initial run on this. Cool. Um, so, yes, and then he's turned it into a book with the lovely people at Solaris who sent that to us, and we have giggled an awful lot. That is genius. Yeah. He's got. Uh, a prose book coming out as well which we'll review on a later show um, but he did um, oh, what was it called The Sea is a Coward um, which is also equally silly as well is this related to the sea punching thing um, he does seem to have a thing about frogs and seas and the, 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 the sea okay. generally we have interviewed Nate on the show before okay um, he was one of the few people that gave a very interesting answer to truth or beauty because we were said true her beauty and you went justice uh, <laughs> so moving on um, I think we should leave um, because this room appears to be full of books and bunnies there's more than one bunny and several cats and I think that's a weasel I think it's a weasel with an easel I, I want to find the tea shop there's always a tea shop in, 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 in libraries so there's got to be a massive one in Elspace somewhere that's true the, the, we should definitely go in search of that the cosmic cost of Oh, God. I'm not sure, but I think it's possibly this way. Okay. Well, uh, you know, you were around this bit. <laughs> like, subscribe, share, for the Hugo Awards. Uh, bye! Bye! bye. <laughs>